Tim Lacombe, Jake Scott join us now. Well, this was a rocky trip in the sense that the Golden State and Warrior games were about as poor as the Jazz have been. I, I don't think we thought that they were going to go 3-2 and two on this trip, losing to the Warriors and the Wizards beating the Celtics and the Raptors. But that's what they did, and frankly, they've built themselves enough cushion that 3-2 and two road trips are good trips. They are great trips. Um, you know, obviously not up to what they were doing earlier, but they were scorching earth. And, um, you know, you saw most all the pieces kind of clicking. Uh, right now, obviously, Joe's just putting on an absolute show, shooting the ball. And, um, you know, Rudy has been I – mean, just tonight, what he did tonight, again, was just remarkable. I, w- I was really hoping he'd get that block, but it bounced around right after he blocked it and unfortunately went through the hoop. But uh, so, so big Tim, win tonight, I thought. Tim, were you a shooter? Yeah, I was did, a shooter. Did you, you shoot? talking about? Huh? Yeah, shoot? I wasn't Ron Boone, did, did I mean, ever, but I could shoot. That's ever, the one thing I could do. Yeah, I couldn't did, move. Do, do you know what, what Joe, how he's feeling? I mean, do you know that uh, – no, Tim has no idea. No, Ron, no, I zero. Well, you tell us. You tell us, Ron, please. <laughs> Tim has no beeping idea. Well, this Let one time in a church game, man, <laughs> no, I really got no. it going. And, there was uh, never a church I'm game. Sorry, I didn't there was mean never a church game. It was actually game. the church game where they didn't say a prayer before. For some reason, I had it really going. Okay, we can talk about something well, else. No, talk. Ron, you answer that question. There might have been a night on his Nerf hoop in his room, but I don't even think then. He's 18 of his last 21 or two from three. He's 18 of his last 22 from three. You know, Thurl it, it, Bailey never felt that. You see, he's just trying to intimidate me for the golf course already. He's already, I can see it. The mental games have already started. Absolutely. Do you, know how many, do you know how many players in the NBA history have probably ever gone 18 to 22 for three? Like, I, I think it's a legitimate thing to go find out. I'll bet you, like, I mean, I'm on the row here with two great, great, great players, like, in the history of this game. And Thurl Bailey and Ron Boone. Like, you guys did not go 18 of 22 from three at any point in your career. I promise. I promise you as well. <laughs> I totally agree with you. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Like, Steph Curry, maybe? Like, I'm, I'm dead serious. How many guys in the history of the game have ever gone it's, 18 of 22 from it's three? It's going to be – boy, if you, if, if you do the research on that, you're going to absolutely be right. It might be – Like, five guys maybe? I, that's a stretch. <laughs> I mean, you know, that's a stretch. But what's what's fascinating, though, and, and Tim, you can chime in on this because I know you're a coach, is that, you know, you, you're never going to get that perfect pass so you can catch and, and shoot it. I mean, the ball is never going to be right in that pocket every time. And, and what I'm seeing with, with Joe Ingles is wherever he catches the basketball, that's his release. How many times do you see him catch it just about, Head high, shoulder. Oh, absolutely! High, yeah, and he doesn't, like and, and it's just a, just yeah. a flick, and and just releases it. Uh, we had this thing going, him and I, a couple of years ago. Well, when he was really when he was hot there as well, about because he was uh, as pure of a shooter then as he is now, and it, it shot very very seldom hit the rim, so it was like that net would just buckle. You know, that's he, he was in, in that kind of a zone. Yeah, that's basketball nirvana. Yeah. Right there, David might David might remember this, but uh, after when after Joe, I believe his second season with the Jazz, when he really took that leap, uh, he came on with DJ and PK, and they they asked him about it, of course, and he said uh, two things that the coaching staff worked on uh, with on worked with him on, and that was his body getting in better shape, and then that was that quick quick release, remember, and not bringing the ball down, and he's mm-hmm. just taking that to the nth degree. Uh, we used to have shooting games with bad passes, and 
knee, you know, bounce pass where you got to reach and get it and things like that. Just to work on things like that because that you very seldom do you get that perfect pass where you can catch it in the pocket. But Joe's on a roll. All right, a few notes here. Um, maybe my favorite line ever, Rudy Gobert just delivered to Kristen Kenny. I don't chase blocks unless I have nine. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Expect to see I mean, that very, on very, news very tomorrow. honest. Very honest. <laughs> and John Kiefer just let us know it's the first time jazz history of players had 20 points, 10 rebounds, and nine blocks. It's the only fourth player since 2010 to do that. Hassan Whiteside, Anthony Davis, and Joakim Noah, uh, who was there tonight. Joakim Noah was in, in Chicago at the game tonight. And only seven players since 2000. Dwight Howard, Tim Duncan, and Dikembe Mutombo are the others. Not bad company. Not well, I mean, I really have always thought that, frankly, he is Dikembe Mutombo. He's angling for a Geico ad. I saw a bunch of those this weekend over the, on the NCAA tournament. You know what I have to say to that? What? Sprinkle! <laughs> Good segue. Yeah, very well done. All right, guys, back to the winning ways. Appreciate your work tonight, as yeah. always. All right, 120 to 95, uh, 95 is your final. Jazz beat the Bulls. We're breaking it down next on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz game night post game show on the Jazz Radio Network. Jake Scott, coach Tim Lacombe. Jazz win 120 to 95. They beat the Chicago Bulls. Coach, uh, this, this was more the type of performance we got used to in the first half of the season. Jazz mopped the floor with Chicago. It, it did feel familiar, and it was nice to see the Jazz really kind of get in a, in a rhythm. Um, I think it's interesting that they, like David said, they shot as well as they did uh, from three, making 17 of those things with Clarkson and Bogdanovich really still kind of in a funk. Um, but everybody else shot the ball extremely well. Uh, Donovan was really assertive. Gobert, totally dominant. And um, I loved, like, more of the, that pace tonight. The, the Jazz got out and got to to run a little bit on those misses. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you, you know, you, you saw more of that free flow. You saw the passing, the open shots. I mean, you know, we could probably spend most of the postgame show talking about the shot selection because it was, it was awesome. Donovan had 30 tonight on 11 of 19 shooting, 5 of 8 from 3, incredibly efficient from him, of course, We'll talk a ton about Rudy. 21, 10, and 9. Nine block shots, one block short of a triple-double for Rudy. By the way, the Jazz currently have the longest streak without a triple-double in NBA history. So that, I mean, that one was close. So that, close. He blocked it. It bounced around and went in. I mean, you know, I, and I'm glad that they got him out right away after that because you, then you're just, you're just messing with karma there if you keep him in too much longer. Re- uh, honestly, it, You've got a, you know, the the chasing it joke is funny, especially because what was it, two, three post games ago where Rudy said he doesn't chase block shots. Uh, it, it's a funny line, but, you know, you're you're playing a dangerous game when you do that sort of thing. Yeah, and I know, like, hey, we all want that for whatever reason because we say, oh, the Jazz got a triple-double, whatever. But it's, you know, not at the expense of a dude. I, I'm just glad yeah. that it all ended fine and, Unfortunately, he didn't get that, but at least he got to make a play on it. Quinn gave him an opportunity, and then got him out. 
Right. And, uh, you know, Rudy, I mean, I don't know if that Ben Simmons stuff motivates him or whatever. I, I doubt it. You know, and Rudy goes out there and plays excellent defensive games every single game, you know. Uh, but uh, to to really, I mean, he just single-handedly changes everything. I mean, uh, he just absolutely blocked one of uh, uh, um, Levine's shots. I, I think it went into the third row, and, and you heard David talking about it all night long. Levine didn't go into the paint for the rest of the night. Yep, he he blocked one of Kobe White's shots from the perimeter again. Yep. You know, a, a late kind of contest blocked a shot. Uh, and it's all that stuff he does, but but then you pull out the fact that he was 9 for 11 on the offensive side and went ahead and grabbed 10 boards. So um, I think we've, we, we've definitely driven home the point how important Rudy is, but he, he just is absolutely a joy to watch. Everything he's got going on right now is certainly working. And that was a career high, by the way, uh, nine block shots for Rudy, uh, snap, or breaking his uh, former career high of eight. So career night for Rudy Gobert, one block shot short of a triple-double and totally changed the game. The defense was incredible uh, for the Utah Jazz tonight. Yeah, just, you know, when that thing's a staple, defense has got to be the staple. Um, this this game was really important because the Jazz have really struggled to, for a while to shut an opponent down, and they did tonight. I think uh, – uh, the final defensive rating was a 98.1. And, you know, they've been hovering around uh, around 100 uh, when they've played really well. The games against Boston and Toronto on this trip were 117. So to get that thing against, a you know, a pretty explosive offensive team, to get that thing under 90 or under 100 is really impressive. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right. Uh, with that, we will say good night to our network stations. Um, up next for the Utah Jazz, they take on the Brooklyn Nets here at Vivid Arena on Wednesday night. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. For those of you sticking around with us, we'll have Sam from the locker room for you. We'll continue to break this one as down as well as the Jazz beat the Bulls tonight, 120-95, to right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show. Jake Scott coach Tim Lacombe here on the Jazz Rec, uh, Radio Network. Jazz win 120-95 to over the Chicago Bulls Post Game. Brought to you by our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coach, very nice performance tonight from the Utah Jazz. Let's get a look at your sharp stats of the game. Brought to you by the Les Olson Company. Les Olson Company, your office technology partner. Jazz tonight, 48.9% from the field. They were 43.6% from three, 17 of 39, led by Donovan Mitchell, who had 30 points, six assists, six rebounds. Nice night for Donovan, certainly. 21 of those uh, points coming in the first half. Rudy Gobert, 21 points, 10 rebounds, nine block shots, just one block short of a triple-double. Mike Conley, 15, four, and three. Coming in off the bench, Joe Ingles continues to be the hottest shooter, maybe in NBA history, 17 points. Joe was uh, five of six from three tonight, meaning uh, he made uh, 18. He's made 18 of his last 22 threes over a three game stretch. According to our guy, Tyson Ewing, uh, that has never happened before in NBA history. Let me ask you a question, Jake. Have you, you ever felt like, no, sorry. That's what Ron did to me. Yeah, no, I've never felt okay. like that. No, I, not n- never. I, did, I hadn't either. I'm glad David stopped him because no, I have never 
made that many shots, even in the trash can from across the room. Uh, you obviously have seen this a zillion times, uh, but when we get in to see the parts of practice that we used to be able to see, it's usually just players kind of shooting around and doing their individual drills. And and it's amazing because you watch these players, they never miss in practice. I mean, they just just hit shot after shot after shot if uh, not contested and, and all that. It, it seems like Joe is in practice mode, whereas just guys have hands in his face or he's catching on the run or whatever, and he's it's just going in. Tell you what, he's he's definitely got uh, a great feel for how to play the game. But I agree with you. I think him really becoming a premier elite shooter has really uh, put the stamp on his career. Um, you know, he, he's so crafty with the ball, and he makes all those plays. Um, but this game, you know, the spacing of this game and the fact that, you know, with other guys on the floor that can make plays and, and you are a catch-and-shoot guy extraordinaire like Joe, there's always going to be a place for you. And, um, you know, I, I've said it before, but, you know, this this whole, you know, rejuggling of the roster and bringing Conley in and everything, Joe was affected by that. Um, but, man, I love seeing his confidence tonight. He, he got a pass. A guy was closing on him. The old Joe probably would have shot faked, moved him around or moved the ball. And Joe just went ahead and shot that thing right in his grill. And I just like his confidence and his rhythm right now. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Whatever he's doing, whatever, uh, you know, I don't know what pregame ritual or what diet he's on or whatever, but keep doing whatever it is he's doing. Same he's cereal, just, just feeling it. Yep. And, and you know, last year kind of a narrative was Joe needed to be in the starting lineup, and that's what he was used to, and that's when he was playing his best ball. He's, he's coming in off the bench red hot. I mean, no warm-up necessary. I'll tell you what, he was 5 for 6 in 25 minutes. And his usage rate for the time he was on the floor was 14%. So he had 17 points, hardly touching the, you know, touching the ball enough times to make five, six and um, just phenomenal. So uh, just a great player, man. The guy, he, he's a winner and he, his, he's definitely really vital to, you know, him having a night like that allows Boyan and, you know, and Jordan to kind of keep trying to find it. Yeah, no, no doubt about it, as uh, he was huge. Uh, Jordan Clarkson uh, didn't have a great shooting night from a percentage standpoint, certainly not from three. Six of 16, one of eight from three, but did have 16 points and finished with a team-high plus 25 in the plus-minus category, and that probably has to do with the lineups he was playing out there with. The bench lineup really pulled away in the in the second quarter. But, you know, Bogdanovich uh, continues to struggle a little bit shooting the ball, but I think, uh, I think it was Booner who was saying during the broadcast you know, kind of the idea with how this uh, roster is constructed is, you know, guy, a couple of guys can have some off nights or a little bit of a cold streak, and you have enough offense there to to bridge the gap as long as the defense continues to be solid. Yeah, that's the one thing I liked about Clarkson and, and Boyan. They didn't just, you know, they were talking to themselves a little bit, but they came down and, and competed on the other end. Right. Um, I think both guys are similar right now in that it might not hurt them to just maybe – the they get in there, maybe move it a couple times. You know, I feel like they're almost both trying to hit a home run on it every time they catch it. Um, just find a way to, to find that rhythm again, but don't, you know, I feel like they're just trying to hunt too much to get it going. All right, let's get some post-game sound going. Let's go back to Chicago and hear from Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. First question will be David James, KUTV. Quinn, was that the defense you were looking for tonight? Is that what you expect out of the guys most games? Yeah, you know, it, it, it's hard to replicate 
you know, everything, you know, for every minute of every game, but, you know, that's our focus. Um, you know, and I think it, when we do that, um, it gives us an opportunity to, you know, to get out and run. And so getting stops is, you know, keys everything for us. And that's where our mindset has to be. And I thought tonight we came out with a real sense of purpose. Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Along those lines, Rudy, wow. I mean, nine blocks. What impressed you most about what he did tonight? Well, he's just, he's playing the right way. And, and you know, when he does the things that really only he can do as far as, you know, him running and, um, being willing to come over and, and get off his man's body and, and contest shots. He's good on block shots. And I think our, our other guys know that when he does that, you know, it's that's important, important time for us all to rebound. So, um, you know, we, we, you could see how Rudy played. I don't know if Fave's numbers showed up on the stat line or not, but I thought we got great minutes from Fave tonight too. You know, he was on the offensive glass, loose balls, you know, he did a really good job defensively. So when those two guys in combination are playing that way, it really helps us. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. When were you, how aware were you, I guess, that, that Rudy had nine blocks and, and did that maybe encourage you to keep him in a little bit longer than you otherwise might have? No, I mean, I, we're not looking to play for, for stat lines. Um, you know, obviously, you know, people are always aware of that as teammates more than anyone, um, you know, fave more than anyone. So it's something, you know, that, that you're aware of. But, you know, he had an opportunity to get it. He didn't get it, um, you know, but we got the win. And I know that's what he's most concerned about. Last question, Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. He's been blocking a lot of shots recently. Is that what's that indicative of to you? Is that a good sign? Is it a bad sign? It's a good sign. You know, I think, like I said before, and just to elaborate on it, you know, um, there's been times when, you know, he's stayed closer to his man and, and been more concerned sometimes with, you know, not letting his man get an offensive rebound. And, you know, his teammates behind him, you know, giving him confidence, telling him to, you know, shift over and, um, you know, and try to make plays. When he does that, you know, obviously, you know, there, there's times he's going to block it. There's times he's going to alter it. And that's when the rest of us need to rebound. So, uh, you know, the more focus we get on our perimeter guys getting down and getting on the glass and mixing it up, I think the more confident Rudy is and the more, you know, where he is of where the ball is and, and trying to make plays, you know, on people that are driving, whether it be, you know, switching on to a ball handler late. Um, where someone's covering his back. And that's the essence of defense. Everybody's got to have everybody's back. All right. Thank you, coach. All right. There you go. Jazz head coach, Quinn Snyder. And obviously big topic of conversation, uh, Rudy Gobert and the near triple double uh, with nine block shots uh, is, uh, you know, big topic. And and certainly Rudy uh, proved once again, while he's so uh, incredibly important to this team. It's interesting that Quinn, you know, he, he likes, the fact that Rudy's getting back, uh, blocks, you know, I think uh, how, depending on how they're scheming and uh, the way that Rudy gives ground, you know, he, he really is uh, a great help side defender. And, and really, it's not a lot of the time his guy, own guy, it, you know, he's coming to block shots from from the weak side. But I, I'm telling you, he's an absolute joy to watch play defense. And, um, you know, if that ball would have bounced about a, a, a centimeter outside the cylinder, probably would have missed. Um, but you just you applaud the effort. Interesting that Quinn says, "Hey, we're not chasing stats. 
Um, you know, Rudy's just out there. Uh, you know, he's aware of it through through his his teammates. So, um, again, I'm glad that all worked out good and and nothing crazy happened. Right, exactly. And he nearly had it. Then Markkinen uh, shot just. You got to respect Markkinen for down. going at him. Yeah, no, he did good. Well, in fact, the Bulls went at Rudy all night long, which is certainly curious given how much Rudy was dominating. I guess you got to give him credit for having a little heart. Oh, for sure. Yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe not. Maybe not the smartest move in the world, but. Certainly brave. Courageous. <laughs> Courageous. Yeah, because they kept going at him uh, over and over again. I think how many uh, how many of uh, of Rudy's blocks, um, let's see, who was it that uh, that kept taking it at him over and over again? Oh, it was uh, it was Kobe White. How Kobe many, White. How many of Rudy's blocks came that's against true. Kobe White himself? Yeah, that's true. Uh, Kobe was, he was going to try to prove a point, but Rudy proved nine points, almost ten points. Yes, he did. Well, and, and let's not ignore the fact that he was uh, great with his uh, offensive capability tonight, too. I mean, some really strong take-it-to-a-moves. Finishes. Yeah, yeah, finishes that were great. And, and hey, Chicago doesn't have a whole lot of size. So this probably should be a night where Rudy is featured. But, I mean, we've seen him guarded by smaller players before, and he doesn't make those strong moves. I mean, he had that drop-step dunk tonight that was really good. And you think you know, get some confidence going to the basket, and you're going to see that a little bit more. Once you see it, you know, and we've seen that on, say, ball screen roll, and they throw Rudy the pass on the roll, and he's been he's made a step this year at catching it and making a play outside of just scoring. You know, he's, he's actually kind of sprinkled that ball around, um, and that's a play we've seen him make now a handful of times. You, spe- you sp- speak about the, uh, the drop-step dunk which is great footwork um, early in the game. In the first half, we got a duck in, you know, and the ball came in from the top and he made a nice little turnaround jumper. So, you know, he's working on his game because you can see evidence of it, you know, uh, and see him really kind of experiment and try to, to get better across the board. We heard uh, coach Snyder talk about Alex Jensen and his, uh, uh, you know, we've talked a little bit about him possibly being the next head coach at Utah and him being, uh, possibly close uh, close to a head coaching job in the NBA. I mean, it's that sort of stuff that really I think uh, shows a coach like Alex Jensen's value. Just to talk about him for a minute. That you know, if I'm a, an NBA franchise and I'm looking at uh, a coach coming in and developing and growing with a team or whatever, you got to look at the the job that Coach Jensen's done with Rudy Gobert on those types of things and the way that he plays defense and it's so cerebral and he's in the right place and he's just. He's very coachable, Rudy, but also has received good coaching. It's great coaching. And, uh, you know, his, you know, I think Rudy's greatest attribute is it's almost as though he's naive enough not to know. Um, and, and he just, in my mind, he came in here, you know, the, the odds are that he was probably going to be like most of the big guys the Jazz have drafted and, and give it a great try. But it wasn't like Rudy just came out and was the answer from the start. He's added physically to his game he's added mentally to his game and and the skills and the things he just keeps continuing to add um you know certainly just makes uh, you know watching him every night great but that's why these the jazz are winning a lot of these games because he's he's out there affecting the game on both sides you know this comparison is super unfair but but i think uh some jazz fans that have been around for a minute will get it but you, the jazz drafted Carilla Facinco years ago as kind of a big guy who is really going to be a project. Now, where it's not fair is Rudy was a far better player from the start than Carilla probably ever was. But at the same time, Facinco came in and, and he had, I mean, there are almost 
tales, legends, if you will, about how immature Carrillo Facinco was and really never got better um, in a jazz uniform or even after he left and was in a Pacer uniform. He's kind of the same player and never got a driver's license and didn't quit smoking and all this stuff that that was just, you know, part of the deal. His heart wasn't in it, I guess, uh, you know, from an outside perspective. Then you look at Rudy, who came in as a big guy with that size and, uh, and, uh, you know, the potential that, that lie that comes with that. But then it's just gotten better every single day that he's been on a basketball floor uh, in a, in a Utah jazz uniform. And you just see the difference in mentality where he came in, with an axe to grind and a, and a point to prove and that he was going to get better and be the most he could be. I mean, it's just, I think it's, you draft those project big men, but those big men have to really work at it. And, and Rudy, you have to give him all the credit in the world. Certainly has. Yeah. He, he, um, I think a big reason why Rudy's Rudy is what David said in the post game, talking about his, his awareness and knowledge, you know, he, he does come off as naive, but I'm telling you, he's not, he, he's, uh, he knows the lay of the land. He knows the league. Um, he studies it. I think he watches it religiously. Uh, and he really knows the challenges that are out there that he really wants to try to accomplish. You know, I, I was here, you know, through the 90s and the Jazz, they, they tried like crazy. You know, you start talking about Luther Wright and you know, obviously brought Ostertag in. And Ostertag certainly made uh, strides. But I, I just never seen a guy, back to your point about, Alex and, and the coaching staff, I've never seen a guy just develop this quickly, almost as though you're, you know, for lack of a better word, you take Legos and you start piling them upon one another, and all of a sudden you've got a tower. And, and that's what Rudy's become. He's this uh, larger-than-life guy that, you know, just quietly has put together just a dominant career. I want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Jazz win tonight, 120-95. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. Coming up next, we'll get some sound from the players. We'll continue to break this one down as well right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night post-game show here on the Jazz Radio Network brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Let's get a look at your points in the paint tonight brought to you by Serta Pro Painters. Call 1-800-GO-SERTA or visit certapro.com. That's Serta with a C. We do painting, you do life. Points in the paint tonight. Jazz uh, outscored by the Bulls 62-50. to in the paint tonight. It's a surprise for me, at least on a night where Rudy Gobert has nine block shots. But, you know, as we've talked about many times, uh, points in the paint, uh, it's kind of a funny stat these days. And you, if you think about the Jazz game, most of the shots that, that Clarkson missed were, you know, shots in there. Point blank, yeah. Point blank. Bogdan- Bog- uh, Bogdanovich, too. Yep. So those two guys missed a whole bunch of shots in there, whereas Chicago made a bunch, and the Jazz obviously were, were hot as fire from three. So... That makes sense to, but it is the one stat. I seriously, we need to start having me guess. That would be. We really should. Interesting. All right, we should give it a go because some of these are misleading. I would have thought tonight the Jazz would have dominated in the paint. Although the Jazz tonight, especially in the first half, it was all about the three ball. Second half was a little different, but first half certainly was. Didn't you feel like if like the way they got out in transition and then kickouts? We because you yeah. and I talk about it all the time. That was that was fun to see that again. I had missed it. It, it was like a, a long lost buddy. 
that I hadn't seen for a couple of weeks. All of a sudden, they had their eyes back like, out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Bogdanovich had a great play where he was, uh, I think he was backing down Levine and did the drop step. And instead of uh, going to the layup, skip pass right over the uh, right over the top to the corner. And I'm trying to remember who hit the it three. It was Joe, right? Was it, it was Joe. You're 100% right. Joe uh, knocked down the three. And no I'll problem. tell you from a basketball, like the just the understanding. So there's all sorts of different ways you can bring a double team. Um, but they were going to bring a double team on Boyan, and the way they bring it is from the baseline. So, he, you know, Quinn's obviously taught them when you catch it on the block, typically you look middle. But in this case, Boyan saw the double team coming, caught him in that rotation, and great, very astute point. He, he made a great pass out of it. Yeah, and, and we saw that a bunch. And and like we said, we, we talked about this a little bit at, at halftime, that Donovan Mitchell – you know, he had 21 points at the half, but it wasn't like he was dominating the basketball. Donovan was – it was moving and it was coming back to him, and uh, he was taking those open shots. It, it looked much more like the first half of, of the season. It looked more like that type of jazz basketball, and, and uh, Donovan was certainly the beneficiary in the first half. The other thing I will say that felt different, you know, in the games that they, they had success on this road trip, they were very definitive about attacking and trying to get a piece of the paint. They were playing much more on a direct line. I'm going to add that kind of to my things to watch because uh, that opens up everything, yeah. right? That If you attack the rim first, you know, then all bets are off. Everybody's going to come to help. That's where you get them. And um, I felt like they did a better job doing that tonight, playing on attack from the start. And even though they didn't, you know, take the lead and run away from them, they certainly set the tone for the game. All right, let's get some more sound going. Let's go back to the Windy City and hear from Rudy Gobert. All right, we'll get started with Tony Jones, The Athletic. Rudy, you get, uh, came close to uh, that elusive franchise triple-double that uh, the franchise hasn't had since 2008 uh, or whenever Carlos did it. You know, what did you think of your uh, you know, night tonight? And, you know, what were you seeing out there on both ends of the floor? I mean, I just came in, uh, you know, try to set the tone defensively, um, as I do every night, you know, and uh, I think we did a great job as a team. And, you know, as the game went on, when I came out at the end, uh, somebody told me that I had nine, but I didn't know, to be honest. So, you know, that's not really, I, I never tried to chase that, you know, but once I knew that I had nine, I was like, okay, let's, let's go for it. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Rudy, after the last couple of games, you spoke about the need to kind of get the effort going on the defensive side more consistently. What did you see from your teammates tonight in kind of setting that tone from the start of the game? That's night and day, you know, when we when we do that. And we did it against the, the Raptors too. You know, we, uh, we're a different team. And, uh, you know, we're able to score off our defense um, and we're able to not let, you know, the, the other team get going and get confidence. And that's the team that we want to be, and that's the team that we, you know, we know that when we come with that, when we come with that focus every single night, uh, you know, we are we the we're a great team. Next up, Sarah Todd, Desert News. Rudy, I've got to imagine that some of your teammates were hyping you up, trying to get that last uh, rebound. Uh, who were the maybe the main culprits that were uh, cheering you on? And that's, I mean, actually. When uh when I came out with like seven minutes left, uh, Derek that was coming in for me told me that I had nine blocks, and uh and you know he was really happy to, you know to 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 tell me that and that's you know that's just the way we are as, as a team you know everyone is uh you know is happy for one another and uh 
and uh, you know everyone is lifting each other up. You know, so it's it's just fun. It's just fun to be part of a group that uh, that cares about one another, and uh, you know, and I think that's really uh, our strength as a team. You know, uh, of course, basketball skills is important, but having a great group of guys is a uh, you know is I think what separates you know a, a good team uh, from a championship team. David James, KTV. You've won back-to-back games now for the first time since the All-Star break, and you've got the Nets coming in Wednesday. How much are you looking forward to playing Brooklyn, even though they're going to be shorthanded? I mean, it's a very talented team, obviously. Um, you know, for us, it's just one game at a time. It's we got to go home uh, from this long road trip. Um, you know, get used to the attitude again and, uh, and get ready uh, for another great defensive game. And, uh, you know, we know that Brooklyn... Uh, whether, you know, uh, who sits, who doesn't sit, we know that they're always going to have talent on the floor and, uh, we know, it's going to be a great challenge for us. Last question, Leonardo Torres out of Peru. Hi, Rudy, it's Leonardo Torres from Peru. Congrats on the win and the big performance. Rudy, at this point of the season, what is the main goal for the team for this season? Well, for us, it's just keep getting better. You know, we... Obviously, we want to keep winning every single game. I know any game that we can, we're going to try to win every night. But uh, the goal is really uh, to keep getting better. You know, keep, uh, keep you know, uh, finding ourselves defensively and, and offensively. And uh, you know, when uh, when the playoff comes, you know, be able to to play the best basketball that we can play. Thank you. Thanks, Rudy. That was Rudy Gobert. What a performance uh, from Rudy tonight. 29 points, 10 rebounds, nine block shots. I, I thought that was interesting. He said that Derek Favors told him about the, the nine blocks um, as he was coming in for him there in the fourth quarter. And uh, he, he mentioned that Derek was excited to tell him about it. And Rudy used it as an opportunity to talk about how you know nice it is to play for a, for a team where they up, uplift each other. And it just made me think for a second and not to get uh, too off topic of Rudy's great game, but uh, when Rudy first came to the team, Derek Favors was the the dominant big here, you know. And as Rudy emerged, that complicated Derek's role on the team. Remember, of course, when they were playing two bigs, and the 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 kind of narrative was, can Derek learn to shoot, to space the floor? And it, you know, it's really been kind of a journey for both of those. And for Derek uh, to come back and and Locke played a, a clip of Derek Favors talking about this during the broadcast today, where he comes back and he accepts his role as you know, uh, as uh, Rudy's backup and a reserve player. And that's something he's not only comfortable with, but wanted to do. I just, you know, Derek favors watching his almost his entire career evolve in, in front of our eyes here in Utah. He's man, he's a good dude. He's a good dude. And, and, a I think a real valued player on this team, both on the floor and off of it. And I thought that was kind of a cool anecdote from Rudy. Yeah. It's um, it does. It does speak to the, the chemistry that exists on this team. Um, You know, I think we've alluded to that a bunch, Uh, but Derek, I think why he's been such a natural fit is, you know, he went somewhere else and he kind of saw, you know, how things are and the way teammates treat one another and good, bad, whatever. It it just, I'm sure, you know, the jazz, the way the jazz kind of do things and demand things are done. Um, You know, it's just an elite level here. And so with him coming back and then, like you said, just the whole, uh, kind of interaction between these two guys through their career speaks to how good of guys they most they both must be, um, and, and the respect they have for each other. And then you know, Faves sliding Rudy the tip. Hey, you need one more block, and I can relate to that because I, I through the years, you know, on a on a bench, 
um, you try to keep everything from the head coach. Uh, but if somebody, you know, is close to doing something like that, you're just slow to suggest, yeah, let's get a, let's get somebody for Ty or, you know, but you're always kind of not suggesting that other guy go out, but you're not telling them necessarily why, because you right. get lit up. Uh-huh. Um, so I can totally see where Quinn was coming from, but I knew there had to have been some guys on the bench that knew what was going on. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, it, those things so, so don't matter. And it's, it's the reason that, you know, Russell Westbrook has to rebound every free throw and things like that. Cause people get caught up in their stats, but it, you know, in a situation where it's been over a thousand games since the jazz have had a triple double and getting to a triple double with 10 block shots is, is just so incredibly difficult to do. And you just don't see it all that often. And, it would have been a really cool story for Rudy Gobert to break that streak with a with a block shot. We we saw Donovan Mitchell almost do it uh, earlier this year. And what did he miss it by? Was it one assist or one rebound? I'm trying to remember. I think it was one assist. I think he was short one assist. Yeah. Uh, but uh, you, you know, if if we saw Rudy do it tonight, I think that would have been a special moment. But and, and they pushed a little bit and left Rudy out there for a couple extra possessions. But you know, at some point you gotta you gotta call it, and not tempt fate, and that's that's kind of what they did. Yeah, they, I'm glad, like, they got him out and he didn't get hurt. Um, and then there were, all these questions would have been way worse. And I saw, oh, take, yeah. I saw takes on Twitter like, come on, Quinn, leave him in there. But the, I'm telling you, I've lived it. The minute he gets hurt, then what in the world were you doing that for, you idiot? You know, the whole thing. Um, but the, the bottom line is this. I think, <clears throat> I think Rudy or Donovan, I think they're going to get a triple-double in a playoff game when it really, really, really matters. Not – you know, not that this wouldn't matter tonight, but the the way these guys are playing leads itself to triple doubles. And Rudy, especially the way he rebounds it uh, and his kind of newly found familiarity and comfort on the offensive side. You know, he's he's always flirting with, you know, he's always necessarily if he has one night where he just gets a couple of blocks, you know, then he's off to the races. So I, let's mark that down for a later date. But I think those guys, I think. I know it's been elusive, but I think it's coming with these guys. And as long as we're talking about Rudy and his 10 rebounds tonight, he, of course, as usual, is your master of the glass, brought to you by Safe Light Auto Glass, back for another great year of basketball and proud to be the preferred auto glass partner of the Utah Jazz. Safe Light Auto Glass is also proud to present this year's Master of the Glass rebound program. At the end of the regular season, Safe Light will donate $5 for each rebound secured by this year's team rebound leader. All right, let's go back to Chicago. Donovan Mitchell is addressing the media. All right, first question will be Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Hey, Don. Well, the last game of a road trip is always tough. Uh, what does it say about this group that you guys were able to come out and defend with such a purpose tonight? Well, I think it just showed our, our mental fortitude and, you know, what we, you know, stuck our mind to. You know, and I think the biggest thing is we sustained that throughout the game, had a little bit of a lapse, but we responded well. And, you know, now we got to – Go ahead, head home, and do it against a, a really, really, really good, uh, really good team in uh, in Brooklyn. Um, so I think it was it was good tonight, and uh, we'll go ahead and, and get ready for Brooklyn. Sarah Todd, Desert News. Don, how how badly were you wanting for Rudy to get that that tenth block? Uh, man, I thought he had it on the last one. You know, he's been he was. I didn't realize he had nine until uh, they, we were talking about it on the bench. Um, but you know, he's he's been phenomenal on the defensive end. You know going out there challenging shots that kept trying to attack him. Um, I don't know why um, I wouldn't, I just shoot a pull up or something. Um, I don't know why guys continuously do that, but you know, it helps us cause he's out there just being an animal uh, on the perimeter uh, in the mid range at the rim. So 
So it helps us and it allows us to be more aggressive. Um, and, you know, I think, you know, he's, he's starting to really, you know, go out there and just prove himself every night um, and without really saying much. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, other than, you know, the Bulls just consistently challenging Rudy for whatever reason, what was different about the defensive performance tonight that, um, that maybe hasn't been there in the previous stretch? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing was just the communication effort from the, from start to finish, you know, and it's hasn't been just the Bulls, you know, I look at, you know, the Bulls tried it, you know, I think the Raptors kind of did as well, then they got away from it. Um, the, the who we played for that the Wizards, you know, and we've kind of put too much pressure on him back there, him and Fave back there, you know. So you know, for us to 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 guard and keep our man in front allows him to have a nine block game, you know, as opposed to you know whether it's Westbrook getting in the paint and, and finishing guys feeling comfortable finishing in the paint, you know, you're seeing you're seeing what you know what our defense is supposed to look like, and then he comes from the help side and block shots. Um, I think that's really what you know allowed us to kind of allowed him to kind of, or allowed us as a whole, I should say, to go out there and guard and, and then get out in transition. Ben Anderson, KSL Sports. Donovan, what felt different about the start of this game that, that kind of hadn't been there so far on this trip? Um, just the energy, the the effort, and just going out there and, and, and the, the focus. You know, I think if you look at Washington and then you look at this game, it's just polar opposites. Um, Washington, they were the aggressor. They came out and punch first. Um, and I think this game was more like, let's just go out there and just play hard. You know, it's easy to kind of say, all right, we've been on the road for uh, was it 10, 11 days, something like that. You know, it's easy to kind of say, just ease our way into this game. Um, and I don't think we did that. And I think we did a good job of that. And now we got to continue to to go ahead and do that um, throughout the rest of the season. And, you know, it starts with our homestand coming back up. David James, KTV. You referenced Brooklyn a little bit. Looking forward, you know, it'll be a chance to get a three-game win streak for the first time in a while. Do these New York teams mean a little more to you, not only because Brooklyn is good, but, you know, a lot of people are watching you back home? Um, me personally, or are you talking about the team? You, you personally. Um, it's always fun, you know, going up, going against teams that, you know, you grew up watching, grew up going to games. Um, I think it's, you know, some of the guys on the staff, you know, um, so I think it's, it's definitely, you know, fun. I think it definitely brings out more excitement, but, you know, um, my friends are constantly talking trash. You know, I think that's what, that's what makes it fun too. Um, but, you know, just going out there and just doing everything, I, doing everything we've been doing as a, as a whole, as my, myself, um, and, you know, not really letting the playing in front of friends uh, concept kind of get to my head and kind of lose sight of what the task at hand. So kind of just focusing in, you know, obviously Kyrie's out, Katie's out, but they still got an MVP over there and James Harden. They got Joe Harris. They got Blake. They got a bunch of guys. Bruce Brown's a hell of a defender. So we just got to go out there and be ready because, um, you know, with those guys being out, that's more shots coming from different areas. We got to be ready to cover them. Last question, follow up from Kristen Kenny. Speaking of coming home, over the last 30 days, you guys have just had one home game. So what are you looking forward to most? Yeah, isn't that crazy? <laughs> Did you realize that? No, I mean, I understand why I feel like I've been in a hotel room since I understand now. I guess it's real. It wasn't just me feeling that way. Um, <laughs> but sorry, go ahead. Yeah, but just what, what are you looking forward to most about coming home for this homestand? Sleeping in my bed, driving in my car. Uh, um, to be honest, like just the little things, you appreciate them when you're on the road and then can't really leave the hotel room, uh, being able just to, to leave my house and, and drive somewhere and just 
you know, that that's very underrated after you've been on the road this long. Um, but on a serious note, like um, getting home, playing in front of the home crowd, it's going to be loud. It's going to be fun. Um, you miss that energy, you know, when you're playing in certain areas that don't have fans. I think that's that's huge. And, you know, for the biggest thing is just to start off the right way. You know, it's going to be it's going to be different with altitude. You know, we haven't been back home in a while, but we go out there, you know, get our get our win and get going. Well, we've missed you, Don. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Donovan. There was Donovan Mitchell. Uh, Donovan tonight was very good. 30 points, 21 of those in the first half, 11 and 19, shooting five of eight from three, six rebounds, six assists. Well, you know, what he was talking uh, about there on the road uh, as opposed to home is really interesting because it's a different world with the COVID protocols. Yeah, You know, being on a road trip has got to be difficult for that long anyway, uh, you know, not sleeping in your bed and those sorts of things. But they can't even leave the hotel, really. So not only are they in a different city with not a whole lot to do, but they don't have anywhere to go either. And so I got to imagine coming back, having a few games now at home, it is going to be just uh, maybe refreshing is the right word because you're not cooped up and trapped. And I bet it is weird, but I bet it feels really good to drive your own car and even go down to the, the Harmons for some bagels or something. I don't, you know, whatever. I bet it is nice. Just to be in your neighborhood, yep. right? Nice. Um, these these guys, it seems like they've been gone because they, tra- they were on the road a ton before the break. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they've been on the road a bunch. Be nice to get home. Nice to to sleep in their own bed and kind of get in a rhythm here playing at home. Yep. All right. uh, We'll have more coming up next. I want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru. Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. We'll have more sound from the locker room for you. We'll get our friend Tyson Ewing stat nuggets for you as well. Uh, Jazz win tonight over the Bulls, 120-95. to More straight ahead right here on the Jazz Radio Network. Jazz Game Night Post Game Show here on the Jazz Radio Network. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. And proud to be the preferred Subaru dealership of the Utah Jazz. Find out more at markmillersubaru.com. Let's take a look at your three-point feature sponsored by Mountain America Credit Union, helping members achieve your financial dreams for more than 80 years as the Jazz beat the Bulls tonight, 120-95. to Jake Scott and Tim Lacombe with you. Jazz tonight were very good from three, 17 of 39, 43.6%. They were led, of course, Joe Ingles, who was five of six as he's hit and he's made 18 of his last 22 threes, which is just incredible. Donovan Mitchell was great tonight, too, from three. He was five of eight. Mike Conley, three for five. Royce O'Neal, one for three. Uh, Mie Oni was two for two there in those closing minutes. Uh, Jordan Clarkson was one for eight. Uh, Bogdanovich was 0 for five tonight. Uh, as Bogdanovich and Clarkson uh, not shooting all that well from three, uh, Tim, uh, I and I've done this with Gordon a number of times, certainly on Clarkson, I wouldn't worry about that. I mean, he's going to turn it around. The guy just plays with so much confidence. But uh, I, I wouldn't uh, doubt Bogdanovich either. I think this is just a stretch for him, and he's going to, you know, he's been a great shooter in this league for a while now, and I don't, uh, I don't uh, think he just all of a sudden forgot how to do it. Yeah, and there's only one way to do it. You know, you got to shoot your way out of it. There's, you can't sit there and say, okay, I'm ready now. I've got it. You know, and then you go out, you actually have to go out and shoot your way out of it. And um, right now that's literally what these guys are trying to do. Um, And and I actually totally agree with you that Jordan Clarkson will be completely fine because whether he's eight for eight or one for eight, he's going to come out tomorrow and do the same thing. And that's what you love about him. He's predictable 
and that's his job, and that's what you're you're paying him to do. Bogdanovich, in, in the, on the other hand, is a guy. I think it'll take a little time because I think he is. He seems a little more thoughtful, and I think he's in his own head quite a bit. Um, you know, I, I I don't. I'm not a shrink. I don't. Uh, I don't accept callers or give advice. You know, over a, a phone or anything like that. But I will say, he looks to me. He just looks like he's tied up, and he's trying to. Um, you know, kind of wish the, the ball in instead of just making them. And Locke noted it during the broadcast as well when Bogdanovich went to the ground uh, that he avoids landing on that right wrist. And it's it's pretty noticeable that, I mean, not that it's bugging him, I guess, but that it's still a thing for him, that it's still, he's still feeling, or at least aware of it. Yeah, it's fairly recent. And, you know, I've had surgery and, you know, I'm, I, I had soldier, surgery on my shoulder, and it, it's never the same. Yeah. You know, it's it's always going to be there. And so I think his situation is he's he's getting used to it. Um, but he I, he I agree with you. He's a pro. He's been making shots for a long time, and once he gets the confidence and everything kind of clicks back for him, um, you know, the, he'll he'll be off and running. All right, let's get some more sound going. Speaking of being red hot from three, let's now hear from Joe Ingles. We'll start with Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, you're now at exactly 50% from three-point range on the season. Um, you're just on an incredible hot streak lately. Has anything changed, or is it, are teams guarding you differently, or what's what's going on with uh, why you're shooting the ball so well right now? Um, I mean, I told you guys in the summer my shot felt good. You probably didn't believe me at the start because I bricked a few, but um, – no, I honestly feel like I, I, I honestly said it whenever I said it in the preseason for a reason. I, I, I felt like I got a really good summer in. Um, if you guys knew, like I obviously stayed in Utah, so I was um, the first time in a long time I hadn't had like traveled and kind of gone back to Melbourne and spent time. It's it's always obviously good going home, but it's it's a bit harder to find a gym and and do all that and. Um, yeah, I just feel like, like I said, like I, I felt like coming in, I, I was feeling really good. I, I felt fit. I felt, like I said, with the shot and um, Brian Bailey was there with me all summer and we just, uh, we, we just worked on some things. He, he showed me some clips um, early on about how to different things where I shot the ball well, where I didn't, um, where I can get shots in the offense this year. Um, obviously, kind of coming into it and, and knowing I was coming off the bench a little bit like last year, but obviously a bit more um, with Mike being healthy, only kind of jumping into the starting lineup a little bit here and there, but just, just being, um, uh, I guess, knowing my role. Um, and like I said, me and me and Bailey just kind of went to work in the summer. It was um, probably bad for him because we were only allowed one-on-one. So he had to rebound every shot by himself, but we, we spent a lot of time there. So I, I've got to give him a bit of credit because of the the time away from his family and that that he spent with me in the summer. Um, obviously, for my benefit, it's not really for his benefit. It's for it's for me. So, um, yeah, like I said, felt good coming in. Um, and I think again, just kind of as the years gone on, finding where I can be aggressive, finding where it's it's obviously I play a couple of different stretches with with different guys. So just figuring out when I can be aggressive or not. And um, I think obviously kind of losing a little bit of that hesitation. Um, I've always tried to, I, I guess, get, not that I'm not trying to get guys involved anymore, but um, 
if I've got an opportunity to shoot it, just being ready to shoot it and to, to shoot it. And um, teammates supporting those decisions when I, when I do shoot it. And then obviously I'm um, still trying to get guys involved. So yeah, not much, um, I guess changed, but just, just like I said, I just felt good coming in and you probably just jinx the hell out of me. So we'll see what happens now. Tony Jones, the athletic. Um, along those lines, Joe, is this the best basketball that you played in your career? Just not, not only just shooting the ball, but you know, the decision-making, you know, just all around. Um, no, I mean, I don't, I don't really, I don't know, to be honest. I, like I said, I, I feel really good. Um, I, I think I've said it before, but I, like, as you get older and, um, more aware of what you need to do and don't need to do, um, uh, I, I think kind of having, having that break when I did was, was kind of like those, those little things. Like I, I never wanted to take a break before I wanted to be out there if I was healthy and, um, just understanding, um, myself, my game. And, and like I said, where I can be aggressive and where I, uh, I kind of space the floor and, and get out the guy's way if JC's going or Mike or whoever I'm, I'm in with at the time. And, um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm, I'm enjoying it. Um, I enjoy the the basketball side of it. I enjoy getting on the plane now and going home to my my kids and Renee. And um, yeah, it's been a, I mean, it's been a tough year f- for everybody really with COVID and all that. And especially for us, Renee hasn't been able to go home and and all that. So we're just trying to I- enjoy every moment we can. And obviously, when I'm out in the courts, um, that kind of that time to to be free a little bit and just just hoop. So um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's the best or not. But you guys can however many people are on here, 20 people can be the judge of it. Um, but like I said, I'm, I'm having fun. I'm enjoying it. And obviously we're, we're winning games. So it's, it's, it's been fun. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Joe, in particular with that work with Brian and, and I mean, you've been working on this for a couple of years, but that, that quick above the head shot form where you, you have the quick release. Tell me how kind of that's evolved over the course of your career and especially recently. Well, when I first got in the NBA, I used to catch it, bring the ball down to my shins and then go back up and shoot it and quickly realize that uh, like a 6'8 athletic guy was going to smack it into row Z by the time I shot it. So um, it's been a bit of a kind of like evolution, I guess, of 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 learning the NBA first and foremost in, in Europe and the NBL and fever. Obviously, it's a less athletic guys, but um, just that the speed and quickness of the game as well. So um, I think it was a few years ago, I probably first kind of started to do it. I probably wasn't fully confident in it, but um, again, I, I mean, I was in the facility as annoying as it was to be in the facility for 12 months straight. I was off that, that whole season last year and then the whole off season. And, and obviously again, a, a fair bit of credit to Bailey for putting up with me for a full summer of, um, rebounding by himself. And that, that's a hard part too. It was one-on-one in the summer with the, the restrictions and rules. So he was standing under the basket and then sprinting out to the three and passing it to me and running back under the basket and sprinting back out. So um, I, I've, obviously, I've obviously spent a lot of time on it. And and I mean, I, I think you guys would know, but I obviously feel very comfortable shooting it. Um, I don't really kind of from my chest up, wherever I catch or wherever it comes, I'm more than happy to to pull it. So um, yeah, it's, it's been a bit of a work in progress. I wouldn't have shot it two or three years ago, probably. Um, but just knowing that I've 
knowing that I've shot that shot of however many times at practice and in the summer and that, it, it obviously makes me very comfortable, comfortable and confident to shoot it in a game now. All right, that's all the time we have with you. Thank you, Joe. Sweet. What a night from Joe Ingles. Uh, five of six from three, six of eight from the field. 17 points for Joe, seven boards. He had an assist and a couple of steals as well. And Joe talked about it. Well, we were, uh, what I brought up with uh, with uh, Lock and Boone. There was something that catch and shoot, not bring it down. I thought that was a great line from Joe. How he used to shoot from his shins and somebody would block it into row Z, which Z, Z. Yeah. Z. Z. Uh, but uh, it, I mean, it made a huge difference in his game, just adjusting that that release and the catch and shoot and how quick it is now compared to how it used to be. And obviously it's unbelievably accurate as he's now up to shooting 50% on the season from three. It's no, um, you know, coincidence that, the you know, we talk all the time about development. We talk about guys that make uh, a little change to their game, you know, whether it be Jordan Clarkson this year who's carved out a bunch of, of shots that he normally takes. Um, and you, you can see as he gets frustrated, he kind of goes back to the old Jordan Clarkson and he has, you know, he gets out of a rhythm. And so he's got to kind of go back and learn that lesson. Uh, talked about Gobert a ton tonight and, and all the progress he's made. But Joe is another one of those guys who really, I mean, Joe Ingles could be a lot of different guys. But Joe, uh, the timing that he came into the league and then as he's just kind of learned, you know, he, he's very good in pick and roll. So I think that's a big portion of why he's stuck. Uh, he's a great shooter, but he's had to modify that some. And you couldn't just rely on the shooting that got him to that point. So uh, I love to hear stories of guys that just develop their craft, get better at it. And, and the, you know, there's a ton of people involved, coaches and such, that are really helping those guys. And I do find it interesting that Joe spent the year here. And he talked a little bit about that. Don't, you know, didn't have a chance because of the pandemic. And I know, you know, his kids being in school makes that a little bit more of a I don't want to say complicated because that sounds so negative, but, uh, you know, kids change uh, the equation of things. Sometimes uh, his wife, Renee, isn't playing netball over in Australia. So it's a little bit you know, have a little, some roots planted here and uh, stayed here throughout the pandemic. And you heard him talk about getting in and how he thought that that really benefited his game. I thought that was pretty interesting. Another guy who, you know, came, kind of made his career, decided to stay here, um, likes it. And, and those are the types of stories that, you know, I know this ownership group will want to continue to tell. It's yeah. like using recruiting in college, but to use point out guys like Joe Ingles, who, you know, again, it could be a lot of different dudes, but Joe Ingles benefited from being here with these guys at this time, and and uh, it's just fun to see him go right now. All right, should we get to some of our stat nuggets? We've got some good ones coming in from uh, our friend Tyson Ewing tonight. You ready to roll? I'm excited. I, I know he's got a couple good ones coming. All right, Tyson, of course, does stats for the television broadcast on AT&T Sportsnet. You can follow him on Twitter, at TyEwing2, and he's nice enough to share some stats with us in the post game. Let's start with Rudy. Rudy became the first player in Jazz history to record 20 points, 10 block, uh, 10 uh, excuse me, 10 rebounds and nine block shots. The last time it happened in the NBA was November 7th, 2018 by Hassan Whiteside. And get this line, 29 points, 20 rebounds, and nine block shots. Yeah, it's amazing. Hassan didn't have more staying power. He went by the wayside. Yeah, he's, he was, that was not him as a player. That was more the exception than the that rule. That was a night. Uh, let's move on to Donovan. Scored 30 points again tonight, the third time in his career where he scored 30 points in or more in three consecutive games. 
Donovan had six assists tonight. That's now four consecutive games with at least five assists for Donovan, the second longest streak of his career. He's very assertive. I like what I'm seeing from Donovan. It looks to be a, you know, a planned part for the second half of the season. I thought he was really good tonight. He was very good. I've said it a couple of times, but it came within the offense. It was smooth. They yeah. were all good shots. I mean, I thought he was awesome. I mean, tonight. the the shot the other night when he took thirty something, you know, yeah. you could have taken ten of those and probably, you know, he would look at him and say, "Dang, I should have made this play." Tonight, everything was in check. He played well. I thought so too. All right, let's go to uh, Joe. Joe hit five or si- uh, five of six from three tonight. Now eighteen of twenty-two from the three in the last three games. That's the highest three-point percentage in a three-game span in NBA history, with a minimum of twenty attempts. That's eighty-one point eight percent. Unbelievable. I laugh because that's so that's so ridiculous. That'd be like uh, reading a uh, a batter in baseball who hit eight hundred through three games. I mean, yep. it's just. He's that he's that locked in right now. That's amazing. Uh, the Utah Jazz have now hit, uh, let's see here, 10 plus threes in a game in 48 consecutive games. That's now the fourth longest streak in NBA history with at least 10 made threes in a game. And 10 seems so little now. It does seem so little. It's almost so like 10 now. at halftime? Okay. Which is just nuts. Uh, the Jazz were out-rebounded tonight 49-46. to 46. It's only the 12th time this season that they've been out-rebounded. It's just the sixth time they've been out-rebounded and won. Hmm. Uh, let's see here. The Jazz took 39 three-pointers tonight. Uh, this is the 12th time in the season the Jazz have taken fewer than 43s. 17 is the most they have hit in a game when taking fewer than 43s. Hmm. Uh, and that that's just about it. So Can there I you go. You Big one? thanks. Uh, what's that? Can I give you Please, one? Please do it. Jordan Clarkson had five rebounds tonight, my man. They win when he they gets five. They win when he gets four. That's right. And he got five, and they won. That's our little uh, studio. Let's mess around and see what Jordan Clarkson's done on the glass. Isn't it either that or three assists? Isn't that the the other one for him? Four rebounds or three assists. So he got the boards. He got the boards. Big thanks to Tyson for sending those over. As always, he does does just great work, and uh, we appreciate him helping us out here on the postgame. Again, his uh, Twitter handle Give him a follow at Ty, T-Y-E-W-I-N-G-2, at Ty Ewing 2. Completely pro bono, too. I know, just because he's I mean, a, we need to send him a, a dinner one night or something for all this We should trouble. do that. That's yep. a good point. Because he these don't grow on trees. No. He, this is re- work required. Hard work for sure. What a stud. All right, big thanks to Tyson. I uh, want to remind you about our friends at Mark Miller Subaru, Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. The Jazz win tonight, 120-95 over the Chicago Bulls. We'll get you your play of the game and get Coach Lacombe's final thoughts on this one. Coming up next here on the Jazz Radio Network. Driving. Oh, Rudy, block shot, that's number nine. Rudy's new career high blocks. Rudy Gobert has nine block shots. Will we get a triple-double, fans? 97-79, it's a palindrome, and Rudy's on fire. We got Rudy's career high block and a palindrome in the same highlight. Your play of the game right there, courtesy of our friend David Locke. Brought to you by the Larry H. Miller dealerships for service, sales, and selection, LHMauto.com, driven by you at your Jazz Game Night postgame show. Jazz win tonight, 120-95. Jake Scott, Coach Tim Lacombe with you. It's brought to you by Mark Miller Subaru, 
Utah's only negotiation-free Subaru retailer. Proud to be the preferred Subaru uh, partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Uh, Rudy Gobert, one block away from a triple-double tonight, 21 points, 10 rebounds, nine block shots. Donovan Mitchell with 30 points, six rebounds, six assists. And, of course, big story of the night, Joe Ingles, five of six from three, 17 points tonight. He's hit 18 of his last 22 threes over the past three games. Unbelievable. I loved when he was asked about it, and he said, now you guys have jinxed me, probably. <laughs> we'll see what happens now. Thanks for asking why hey, I'm so good. It's never happened before. You got to ask about it. the question. Unbelievable. Like, uh, you know, Joe Ingles just dialed in, and he's he, he's doing it coming in off the bench. He's embraced his role. of You know, um, George Niang coined the phrase earlier in the year, be a star in your role, and that certainly is what Joe Ingles is doing. Yeah, and he's adopted it. He's um, He believes in it, and he's really aggressive. You know, he's not hunting shots, but he's taking the shots he should take. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And that, and that makes this work. I think you could say that about the team tonight with maybe a little bit of an exception for Jordan Clarkson, but it didn't feel like the team was hunting shots very much tonight. It all felt like it came within the flow. Yeah, Jordan's just trying to find it. You know, he's been without it for a couple of games. And uh, honestly, I we have not talked about Jordan not having it since he got traded here. He's yeah. been on, like, an amazing streak of being pretty consistent. Um, he's just noticeably a little bit off right now, and I think he's trying to figure out what's wrong, and his way of doing that is just keep shooting them up. As far as the Bulls go, real quick, we haven't talked much about the Bulls in this postgame, nor did they do anything really all that worthwhile talking air. about. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Zach Levine had 27 points, seven boards, four assists, but – I mean, it took him 25 shots to get to 27 points. I think you would uh, certainly take that from that guy, a guy whose effective field goal percentage coming into this game, what was it, Tim? It was up over 60. 61. Yeah, 61 and change. So, I mean, that that certainly is a decent night playing defense on that guy. Uh, Sadoransky had 13 points, four assists, and, and two rebounds. But, I mean, uh, uh, Kobe White had 10 points coming in off the bench. But I, I found that number, by the way. Uh, Rudy blocked Kobe White's shot four times tonight. And so you were right. It's It was nearly half his blocks came on, on Kobe White. I think Kobe, you know, it, like we said earlier, I admire your courage, Kobe. But, you know, after maybe your second shot fed to you down there by Rudy, you might want to make some alternate plans. Like so, the rest of the NBA that dribbles into the lane and then turns around and dribbles out. So a T-shirt, Kobe White, not tonight. <laughs> not tonight. Hey, make that up. Sell a few of those because, uh, uh, yeah, he got stuffed four times by Rudy Gobert. <laughs> me. I mean, nine from Rudy is is remarkable, but to get a, to get the same guy four times. Like, whack, 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 whack. He got Laurie Markkinen twice. That's And the rest were just one-offs. Got Zach Levine once. Uh, he got Wendell Carter Jr. once. A few other guys he got once. But he got Kobe White four times. I think you make a great point about Levine. You know, he did get 27, um, but it, it it's not – that he got 27, it's it's how many shots he had to take. Um, you know, and in a game of basketball, that's what you're looking for all the time now is what what is it what does a possession give you? And um, the Jazz were able to string out, you know, several minutes there where they were able to keep the Bulls on the same number. And we saw some runs that we hadn't seen. So better defense. Um, you know, Levine's a great player, but they made him earn him. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, absolutely. That's a great point. Earn it is is the perfect way to describe that. I mean, it, 
It was almost like uh, why, and not to bring up a, a bad game when the Jazz played really well tonight, but it was when Bradley Beal went nuts on him for, for the Wizards the other night. It wasn't necessarily that he scored over 40. It's how he did it. I, and I'd have to go back and look at the box score, but it was something like 24 shots. I mean, he did on like 16 of 24. I mean, it was just, I think the way we put it after the game was it was too easy. You can live with Zach Levine scoring 27 if it took him 25 shots to get there. You played some pretty darn good defense on a really good player there. And what I'm glad about is that's not something like that's an outlier. You know, we've seen a couple of those spread out, but that kind of night, you can almost, you know, I almost looked that up now and look back at that almost almost like, you know, heavy legs, fatigue. Those were kind of the, the things that that game brings to my mind because they just otherwise, they you know, they play so hard and, and so locked in defensively. All right, Coach, let's get a few final thoughts from you on this one. And uh, then, of course, we turn the page to the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday. You know, I'll admit I wasn't sure, um, you know, how how this would go. I I think it was David on the broadcast that talked about, you know, the fifth game of a road trip is kind of a a funny one sometimes. Sometimes you're thinking so much about getting home that you forget to play the last game. Uh, But I love the Jazz focus from the tip. Uh, it didn't necessarily go their way, you know, like some games have this year, but they just they kind of grinded out a six-point lead there in the first quarter. Uh, and then where they really kind of started to exert some dominances in that second quarter, they got out in transition. They were able to get some stops and string uh, some positive offensive things and good defensive things into to a 10-0, 11-0 run, which was great to see again. Um, you know, like we said, they, they made Levine really work tonight. Um, probably the second guy on the scouting report was Markinen, and Markinen went three for 12. So I think some positive things on the defensive side. Now, all that being said, the Bulls are, you know, they're not in the playoff picture right now. They're, they're being rumored to maybe make some moves that could put them in that. But I think they got a nice piece, and I wasn't sure how the Jazz would perform, and I'm, I think they passed the test for sure. Uh, they went above and beyond, really. They won the game, but they did it in a dominant fashion. All right. Uh, with that, we want to say big thank yous, of course, to Lock and Boone, doing a great job calling all the action uh, tonight as usual. Thanks to Andrew Sorensen, who was our broadcast assistant tonight. Thanks to Alex Lundberg, our boy Lundy, executive producer of Jazz Game Night, doing terrific work. Thanks to Mark Miller Subaru, uh, proud sponsor of the postgame, of course, uh, and proud to be the official Subaru partner of the Utah Jazz. Learn more at markmillersubaru.com. Coach, great to see you after a weekend off. Uh, appreciate your fine work tonight. Great to be with you. Got a night, I guess one night off, and we'll be right back here again. 120 to 95 is your final Jazz Beat the Bulls. They moved to 31 and 11 on the season, as uh, Coach said. We've got uh, a showdown with the Nets coming up on Friday night. Friday night. Wednesday night here at Vivint Arena. That game will tip off at 8 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 7, and, of course, you'll hear it all right here on the Jazz Radio Network.